We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast live from the McEwa Hotel, <laughs> West Brom. Alex Hurst and Charlotte Robson. Maybe our mate Paul, if he decides to interject, <laughs> if he if he hears anything so scandalous and so negative that he's got to get involved and say no. Newcastle, Newcastle won three two at West Brom. We're in the quarter final of the FA Cup for the first time since two thousand and. Five, six, one of those years. One of them. Um, better podcasts would know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've got myself and Charlotte who were in the away end uh, tonight who we've travelled to West Brom and Charlotte, we've seen Newcastle United under Steve Bruce reach the last eight of the oldest domestic cup competition in the world. And can you tell our listeners how that makes you feel? Yeah, I'm very excited by that. I'm extremely excited to be through the quarterfinal. I was not as engaged and a little bit younger when we last were anywhere near this, so I didn't... Uh, I will have paid attention, but I wouldn't have gone. I didn't really go to away games and stuff then. Um, so this is really exciting. It's an opportunity to go to probably a London club and, uh, and you know, get... get I don't know. I don't know. I feel excited by that. Um, having said that, I feel a little bit flat tonight. I feel like I. Sh- I feel like I'm being a real spoiled brat <laughs> because I would. I would. I want. I want to be bouncing off the walls. I feel like I should be. It's absolutely mint that we won three two tonight and we did so well. But that second goal and that sort of last twenty minutes just felt so tense. I just feel tired. <laughs> so. I am really excited and I am really happy and hopefully you can hear that I've got a big old smile on my face. But um, but yes, there's a sort of oddness to it as well, if that makes sense to you. No, it does. And it's nice to hear that you, you think you might have been spoilt by Steve Bruce's Newcastle. <laughs> um, not many people feel like that. But we got out of the car, um, what, about six o'clock at the hotel and uh, a couple of... Locals in the car park were like, do you think you'll win and do you think you'll go down? And the answer was, no, we won't win and yes, we'll go down from the vast majority of people they asked. And you know what? Before we get into the nitty gritty of the game and some of the positives and some of the negatives, like Steve Bruce had to win tonight. He had to win tonight and he won. And we can be, you know, we can talk about the changes West Brom made. We can talk about the fact that they could have easily scored more than the two they did. 
that is irrelevant in the context of everyone saw West Brom away. You know, you had people calling them calling them a better team than, than us, and who knows because they made so many changes. I mean, we made changes also. But he did win, and there was 5,000 here tonight, and for 75 minutes, that away end was the best I've been in in years. And we did have, even though, you know, we, we had to have, as Steve Bruce labelled it in his post-match press conference, we had to have a little Newcastle United at the end. I think the vast majority of people in that way and tonight, for the first 75 minutes anyway, had an absolutely belting night. And although, you know, it was really frustrating what happened at the end, I just think tonight's been a good night and this season we haven't won loads of games. And in fact, over the last... Yeah, scoring, scoring, taking shots, having chances. Yeah. That was just nice to see and there were some really positive performances in there. Two assists for Saint-Maximin, two belting goals for Almiron. Uh, a brilliant, well, a very good assist for Joe Linton. Context, though, I think... With him, we'll probably talk about him, but with him, context is everything. It's brilliant for him. Yeah. It was a contribution in the right end, in their penalty area for us. So that's got that's a massive plus for him. I still think his performance, um, although there was elements to it, and we'll get into it more that were positive, it was still a bit of a shaky performance for him. But you know what? Newcastle United in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, and I don't know when the draw is, probably tomorrow, maybe Thursday, but... Now our game with Aston Villa has been moved. And it's nice just to be one of those teams for a change. Like Aston Villa have got to move their game for us. Whereas every single year, it's always like our games get cancelled <laughs> for other people in their stupid cup competitions. And we end up playing games in midweek and all sorts because because we we aren't in the cup competition. So that feels really nice. And I'm really, really pleased. And yeah, if we get Chelsea away like we did... The last time we were this far in the competition, it's a big ask. But you've got to fancy us against anyone at home. Liverpool are out of the competition. Yeah. So there's the best team in the country, no longer in it. Um, is it our year? Well, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. But I want, to, I want to go back right to the very start, Charlotte, and the team sheet came out. Some major changes. But crucially, Greeno Craig Hope, friend of the show, very good journalist for the Daily Mail, dropped his bomb this morning or late last night mm-hmm. that uh, Sir Maximan was dropped against Burnley uh, for attitude issues. It was soon reported by, I think, the writer of the Chronicle that, no, in fact, he's playing. And <laughs> that, you know, that seemed to be the big, big story. But five changes for Newcastle. What did you think of that pre-game and, and did it dampen your spirits coming into it? Um, I didn't dampen my spirits. I know these games are an opportunity to change things, to let, like, probably not our starting 11, not our core starting 11 have a bit of a go. I think, yes, the story around ASM, I was quite worried this morning. Um, I think, I think we were, we were talking about it in our WhatsApp group and, and it, yeah, Darlow and, and him and all of that stuff. And I was like, I really think this is the opportunity to start, you know, start our, our proper footballers. That's so rude. That's not what I mean. Um, but yes, when the team sheet came out, um, how did I feel? Um, you, If you're a patron, you can find <laughs> out how I felt in real time because we have a matchday podcast that will um, be online shortly. But... Um, uh, how do I feel? I felt like it wasn't our strongest side. I felt slightly concerned. I think Dubravka should have played a game like that, and and I can talk 
a bit more about that a bit later. Um, no Hayden at all, not even in the squad. Um, Gail on the bench, which I just thought was crazy after, you know, starting him on um, on Saturday and, and, and that I think he was quite impactful on Saturday. Yeah, OK, we, we, have, we have trouble finishing. But against the championship side, uh, I think it's a no-brainer to me. But... Um, yeah, and and uh, and not starting John Joe Shelby either, but having him on the bench, which I suppose is, does give you options, and having Sean Longstaff. Um, I didn't feel, like, overwhelmed with confidence, but I... Yeah, with the speed... With Miggy and ASM still up front, I didn't feel sort of too negative about it. I was shocked with a couple of them, but, but generally not not too upset. To me, it was a case of, you know, I was, I was probably the same as you. I thought out of the, the two games this week uh, or the two games in these four days since Saturday, this was always the bigger game to me. Uh, to whatever, whatever Steve Bruce says, is that how football clubs probably feel? Probably not. You know, West Brom made nine changes tonight. And if I'm a West Brom fan, I'm really annoyed by that. And whilst promotion is the only thing that happens, they probably had a really good chance tonight as well to reach an FA Cup quarterfinal against a, a poor Premier League team in a horrific run of form. And, you know, the game the game itself was uh, fairly cagey in the, the opening 20 minutes, but I thought I thought once again that one of the highlights of the night was Miguel Almiron playing in a central role. He just causes teams problems. He needs to be on the ball or running onto the ball in the opposition half of the pitch. We've seen him so often this season. We talked about it at the start of the season playing him miles out on the wide, away from the goal, away from the penalty box, where he tends to come very, very deep for the ball, plays into the opponent's hands. Um, so, in team selection-wise, you know, the absolute horror show at Palace where Ben Eleven Longstaff started, that obviously was a worry for me, and I don't think either of them had particularly good games tonight. Didn't really work for Longstaff as well when he got pushed further forward, though he did have a couple of decent efforts and some really bad ones too yeah. uh, from the edge of the box and Bentaleb again wasn't a booking so that kind of constrained him a little bit but yeah yeah you know I keep going back to it and I'll probably say it like five more times in the podcast he, wo- he won the game whatever we think he should have done or whatever th- we think he could have done he won the game and that was just so important tonight winning the game we're unbeaten in, in cup competitions so far 90 minutes um, you know starting to brag here about, about us and he won the game. We're in that for the next round. So whatever team he picked, it worked. Is the point I'm trying to make? I've got a stat for you. She's Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Newcastle have scored more FA Cup goals than any other Premier League side this season. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. Uh, Kevin Keegan's entertainers and yeah Paul makes a good point we've probably played more FA Cup games than any any other Premier League side this season but yeah but um, hey you know once again we've proved tonight not only would we be you know we can we can take it against the best of League One you know the championship's top side we've come to their place we've beaten them on their own patch even if they did make loads of changes so my my question to you Alex on that is is uh, are these games just proving that we belong in the championship? <laughs> that that's our happy place with a squad like this? Um, like To be fair, based on tonight, you look at the performances of Miguel Miron and ASM, and ASM didn't, ha- didn't get anywhere near as much of the ball as he probably wanted. Um, though I he's, think you wanted to though he... a lot. Sorry, um, whispering in the background. I think ASM was... 
not keen to be on the pitch. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but... Yeah, well, you know, I saw his warm-up on Saturday against Burnley and it would have made Hatton Ben Arthur proud. <laughs> but let's just... I'm just going to assume for now, and we'll hopefully have Craig on the show in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to assume for now that he's injured. Just because it's a happy show, we're through to the next <laughs> round. Not, not, and, and, and to be fair, the last, like, you know, the, the Arsenal podcast, the Palace podcast, the Norwich podcast, well... This is true. This is true. This is a big win. This is a huge thing for us. This is not... Um, this is not fucking laying into sorry for swearing laying into ASM or Bruce or whatever. We can go into that in more detail um, another time. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot what we're talking about before you interrupted, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, like I said, we'll keep going back to it. And you know, there was a little bit of discussion um, before this game, or when we got the draw for this game. People were talking about easy cup runs, and some people were saying, you know, did people get into Kenny Dalglish and Ruth Hullet when? To be fair, we had two very easy cup runs. Easy, not this easy so far, because I think Doug Leash got Everton away first, third round in 98, which is a hard game. Barnsley at home in the quarters. Barnsley were Premier League team, albeit a very bad one. Um, and then Hullet, we got... I mean, this is... We're talking about before semi-finals here. I don't think we played a Premier League side uh, before that. But, yeah, it doesn't really matter. People, people considered Newcastle a good cup team around the end of the last century um, because because we got to two finals and a semi-final and then a quarter-final the next season. Just be clear, you mean 2000 there, you don't mean yeah. 1899. Yeah, we'll probably class then. <laughs> um, but I don't really care, like, who do you want in the next round? We want Sheffield United because that's the team I think home or away mm. we're most likely to beat. And we'll talk a little bit more about who, who we want in the next round. And that's a nice conversation to have. And for all the doom and gloom, and we we spread our fair share of it. I think it's accurate on what on what we say. It's nice to be talking about who you want in the next round. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there, there are teams left in, like, Paul's mumbling <laughs> of, uh, you know, Norwich are still in the hat. Birmingham are still in the hat. Sheffield Wednesday are still in the hat. Yeah, any any of those, please. But I'm going to assume that there are going to be very few upsets this this midweek round of fixtures. Um, so ASM, like we've said, two assists for him. Brilliant ball for Almiron for the first first goal. Yeah, first goal. Unbelievable shot, which I haven't seen a replay of. I've only seen the goals. Um, for, you know, I mean that's that's he's had some real bad luck, some Maximan in terms of yeah that shot against Arsenal, that shot tonight, and uh, you know really nice cross for for Lazaro for the third. Um, what I really like Charlotte is that, and we mentioned this a little bit on Saturday or Sunday's podcast about Saturday, is those players are now starting to to pass the ball to each other in the opponent's half of the pitch, and that's only possible because Bruce has made the tactical change. Um, he's made the tactical change, and we just we just play with the, with the ball for, in a far more advanced position. And regardless of whether you become, you know, more defensively fragile, and there was a lot of defensive fragility there for the last fifteen minutes, yeah. the fact that the likes of St. Maxim and the likes of Almiron are passing the ball to each other in their half of the pitch. It's just something we've hardly seen all season. And all those stats that came up on match of the day after. Um, the Arsenal defeat or the or the Palace defeat, which is you know twentieth for shots, twentieth for goals, twenty four twenty four touches in the opposition area. Mm-hmm. To be fair, in the last two games, 
you know, you've seen a lot more of that. And yes, we played West Brom Reserves tonight and we played Burnley. Though Burnley, top half Premier League team at the minute yeah. on Saturday, I have to say it, and I said it again the other day, if Steve Bruce had gone into these two games and stuck to his guns and played the formation that he said the players had to play, I don't think, well, I think we'd have lost on Saturday and I think we'd have lost tonight. And as it was, we got a good win tonight, albeit shakily at the end, and uh, a point on Saturday, which is, you know, one point more than I think. So... Do you think, Charlotte, do you think that it's it's time to cut Brucey some slack? Well, I'm a big softie, so like I always feel sorry for people when when um when everyone's saying like he's shite and he doesn't deserve the job and stuff. I'd I'd love like a Champions League level manager. You know, I'd love that for us. Um and I and I I don't and probably won't think that he's up to the challenge of getting us anywhere near the top half of the table. But yeah, like we needed to make a formation change and instead of sort of not, he did. He he could have said no, I've said that they can't, so I'm already like sort of about, like I'm I'm t- I'm stuck with what I've said. I've sort of created a rod for my own back. He's just kind of um he's done it. He's done a formation change and what you've seen as you say through that formation change is um, our front sort of, there's three of them, but two, um, like communicating with each other and growing in confidence and really enjoying playing, I think, more so than before. So, yeah, there's some there's some credit there, I think. I think you've got to give credit. He, he um, You know, it's back to my question, like, are we maybe a, a championship side, really, playing another championship side? Is he maybe a championship manager? Well, maybe, but tonight was good, and we won, and it's meant to be through. So, um, hats off to him for, like, for doing that, for getting us there. Because he has, like, y- you can't argue that he hasn't. Yeah. We haven't got this far in so long, and there's the element of easy draws but I don't know I'm not like I'm not trying to champion him too much I'm trying to be measured here but yes I think it is time to cut him a little bit of slack there I still think there's a long way to go in the Premier League I think that's a different kettle of fish but here yes and uh, like we are we are in a in a much better position to go in that game against Southampton on Sunday now little bit of momentum um behind us you know you is it momentum beating West Brom reserves? But you know, mm-hmm. scoring goals, creating chances. The fact, what I really like about tonight is the fact that some, like a player like St Maximan hasn't had a brilliant game because he hasn't had anywhere near as much of the ball. He didn't play as probably as much as he'd liked, but he still had a massive influence, and that's what you want from these attacking players. You want them to be influential. And I thought someone like John Joe Shelby was really influential on Saturday. Didn't have the best of game when he came on tonight. Same with Dwight Gale. Didn't have long. But, yeah, true. But, you know, players like Ben Slab and Longstaff tonight, although there was some good stuff that they did, and particularly in the first half, they won the ball, the ball back regularly and we were created a lot of attacking positions from that. You know, they haven't had a great game. I thought Mankio had a really good game. I thought Cher was excellent. Had... So good tonight. So good. Really hungry for it as well. And that I don't know was Fernandez on the bench. Did anyone see that? Why was he not playing? But if it was a yeah, if it was a tactical change, if it was a tactical change, it was a, it was a bloody brilliant one. And shares running the second half when he played a one-two with Gale and got a shot off on the kind of half volley. 
Um, that would have been one of the goals of the season. So a lot of things went right. Danny Rose again. I mean, he got, I think he got such a harsh booking tonight. And I thought the referee was... The referee was fucking terrible tonight. Like, was was he a West Brom fan? <laughs> like, as soon as... I think, Alex, you said it on the Match Day podcast, that um, as soon as he... Um, as soon as we scored our first goal, it was like he wanted to do everything to keep West Brom in the game. Like, there were so many bookings, I think, that they should have taken... Pull, pulling people, pulling Almiron back. We got a free kick, I think, but no, no yellow, nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. There was there was a point at three one in the second half where our players were were worried to just even make any kind of physical contact with with one of their players. Having said that, because having said that, we've talked about some positives. I'm not going to go into the referee too hard, even though he's fucking right. <laughs> um, you know, we were three 0 up after 46 minutes, weren't we? And it was—I thought—we really took our foot off the gas, and that's maybe you know we aren't used to being three 0 up. We've only been three 0 up once this season against West Ham. Uh, we aren't used to scoring three goals in ninety minutes, and there was definitely a, a malaise there. I didn't really understand why the, the the midfield two dropped so deep. I don't understand why John Joe Shelby came on, and the first thing he said to Bentaleb when he came on, he made a, no, a motion to make sure they protected the back four. It's like there are goals to be had here. They're pushing lots of players forward. It was almost like there were very few lessons learned from the West Ham game, which which you referenced when we're at the game, Charlotte. Yeah. And no, also no. Oxford when... Go on. Yeah, no, sorry. I was just going to say, there was it was a sort of mix of those two experiences. I was at the West Ham game and it was this sort of so much momentum until about 50 minutes and then it was like, we're probably sweet now. And then just gave way or let them put the pressure on and not really dealing with it. And then the Oxford, which I only watched on the telly, but um, that was like, you know, Miguel Almiron was doing, was our was our core for that game. He linked at play and he created chances. And then as soon as he came off, you know, because we thought we were safe, we conceded and ended up with a draw. Uh, like... Was it two? We were two? Yeah, it was considered two two goals, and I just can't fathom the decision, unless it's about Saturday and being tired. But but it was like we were about seventy five minutes in anyway. Like I, I sort of can't understand why he wouldn't just. When, I know, yeah, like he's Paul's muttering in the corner that he's the fittest bloke in the world. Like he, he can, he, yeah, he he's got a big crush. He's got a big crush. It's fine. Um, I can't understand why you would you would see the impact that taking him off had on both of those games. Which yeah, West Ham, and 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 then do it again. It just. I, in oh, I don't know. <laughs> you have to be careful because we have been hugely critical of the manager for not protecting players, for playing them too yeah, much. But you know, that Oxford game, we didn't have another game for ten days, and then we lost the next one four 0 And again tonight, it just seemed when Almiron he was on a hat trick. The crowd were chanting his he name. He he was he was playing. He's having he's having one of the best games he's had for Newcastle, if not the best game he's had for Newcastle, and. I just didn't, yeah, taking him off, well, you could argue, is it, you know, making sure he's fresh for Saturday in Southampton, which is a massive game, can't lose that, um, and yeah, like, I understand, but you see, he brought Shelby on for Amaron, 
pushed Longstaff forward. We had Longstaff a really good game for the forward against Oxford. Didn't work this time. The ball kept coming back. We'd lost an outlet. ASM was either taken off soon after or soon before. And all of a sudden, if you're West Brom, if you're a West Brom player, if you're Slavon Bilic, it's like, fucking hell, lads, we've we just got to get one here. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to score again because they're two best players by an absolute mile who've linked up to total destruction tonight. They've gone off. And it just, it was, it was happening more and more and more. They hit the bar. They had two cleared off the line. Brilliant one by Fabian Scher. Um, Darlow pulled off a couple of saves. They had a couple of shots just over the bar. Um, lots of balls coming into the box. We couldn't really deal with 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 the you know the the, the wide players. Though Phillips always has a good game against Newcastle. Uh, he did again tonight for West Brom. And yeah, it was it was frustrating. And would you think it's fair, Charlotte, to say it was a little bit flat at the end because of that? Yes, absolutely. And we discussed this walking back, like. If the scoreline had been three two, but we were two 0 down, like yeah. you'd be, I would be absolutely so drunk right now. Um, but um, yeah, there was a there was a flatness. Like, a, a, like to be clear, the away support tonight was brilliant, and um, everyone was in a great great spirits. But I just I felt like I did at West Ham, like exhausted by the final whistle and there was a lot of like you know that sort of whistle blowing in the away and trying to get the you know blow the whistle like finish the game um and yeah it was a little bit flat like it was it should have been three nil it could have been three one and I think the atmosphere would have been a bit better it's that, that last goal, that sort of constant pressure and that there was two substitutions and that sort of like, oh, fucking hell, like, of course that happened feeling, which I really don't want to take away from the fact that we won and we're through and that is so good. But it's, it's yeah, I, yeah, it took me a little while to pet myself back up to do the podcast. <laughs> I'm being a spoiled brat again. <laughs> See? Say indeed. I think, yeah, I agree. And, and the, the great thing about tonight was the away end and the first half, and particularly from when we got the first goal to kind of about 70 minutes when West Brom started to dominate, which is a weird thing to say when the team dominates here at 3-0, um, was, was just, was just the, the, the sound, the songs, the fact that everyone was absolutely buzzing. Some... Some brave soul had spent a fortune on inflatable penises. <laughs> they were being thrown around. One hit. Do you think, do you think that was a reference to the helicopter thing? The helicopter? Windmill. Oh, yeah, the windmill thing. I just got that. Wow. Thought it was a strange one. And, um, yeah, it was just class. It was just really, really good. It was great to see so many Newcastle fans there. And, like, even if you look back at the championship season when we had a big away allocation of Blackburn 8,000 and got beat 1-0. It was just like, it was great to see so many fans rewarded for going down, um, or in your case, up Charlotte, on a on a Tuesday night to be, you know, it, like, it felt special at 3-0. It was just like, yeah. everyone was singing, tell me, mommy, ma. Mm. Um, and it was just it was just one of those nights, and I think we'll remember, I'll, I'll remember that for a long time because this is what we've been starved of as supporters. This is what we've been without and you look enviously at other clubs and we haven't had a, a big day out um, <laughs> since <laughs> since Cardiff in 2005 and I was 16 
when I went to that game and away, yeah, I'm 31 now. <laughs> so like, if I don't know, there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. Um, but you know, the fact that we are one game away from Wembley, and I know, I get it, and I. I even now, when I put a tweet out tonight saying, great to be in the quarterfinal, you get people saying, yeah, but Ashley. And it's like, right, right, yes, you are right, but can we just enjoy it? And I think it would be so good for the support as a group if we were to get to Wembley, even if just a semi-final, and, and, and be able to... We wouldn't embarrass ourselves like Sunderland did, of course. <laughs> um, but it's not, it's not during wedding season, so... <laughs> um, I also think it's important to point out that, like... The Ashley thing is like, we're not, no one's trying to detract from that. That is a problem. We need ambition and we need drive and we need, you know, all of those things. Synonyms for all of those things. But we're through to a court final, that's mint. Like, let's just have it. Let us have it. Yeah, and you can't kick off, and rightly kick off, and we kick off, I kick off all the time about what, Shocking cup performances and weakened teams and all that kind of stuff. Now you know if we if we lost this this game tonight, I'd be sitting here now calling Steve Bruce Henderson and son for not playing the first choice goalkeeper. Um, I mean, Dubravka again didn't even make the bench tonight. I would. I've got a lot to say about that. <laughs> I'm. I think I've been very um, vocal about my support for Dubravka, um, which isn't even how you say his name, which I learned last year, but I'm not going to start saying it in the proper way. Um, Go on, please educate Dubrovka. You say, no. yeah, no, 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 there was a video of, of him saying it. There was a video of him, like, it was like footballers who get their names said wrong all the time and he was on it. Unless he's just lampooning us all. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make here is that... Um, I am obviously a very big Dubravka fan. I'm very critical of people who are not Dubravka. <laughs> but um, I felt that Darlow really relied on our defence today. I felt that he's not um, as good at, like, picking the ball up, like, clutching at it. He can... He, he's, he's a good keeper, but he... You know, he, he he bats it away a lot, and I think that gives them quite a lot of a, a more opportunity. And I think our defence, Lascelles, you know, work quite hard. To, and I think was it Cher? I think headed it out at one point, headed a, a shot that they had out um, that looked quite dangerous. And and they work really hard with him. And I know that is their job as well. But I, I was just like, why didn't you play Dubravka? Because he would have had a lot of those. Like, I don't think the scoreline would have been what it was if he had. I just love him, though. <laughs> yeah, Paul said he did he did suffer an injury against Burnley the weekend that we continued playing. Rob Elliott on the bench tonight, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> both, both out of contract in the summer. And this is a big one, isn't it? Does he play Darlow in every cup game and deny... Martin, I'm not even gonna try. I'm now you've, you've got me paranoid now about saying a surname. Dubrovka. Dubrovka. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a knockoff version of Dubrovka. Um, but uh, yeah, Cardolo. <laughs> but but yeah. Anyway, we didn't lose, so fair, fair enough to the manager. He's made he's made the right decision, and even though it was a little bit flatter than anticipated at the end, I think everyone who was there tonight has got to be on and watched on TV or however you consume the game. 
uh, will be absolutely delighted. Here's the big question for you, Charlotte. Who do you want in the next round? Do you want the big <laughs> the big occasion at St James's, Man United, 7,000 away fans, a proper atmosphere for the first time in a long time at St James's, or do you want like the easiest possible game? Derby County. Yeah. Well, if Derby beat Man U, then we don't get that big Man U allocation. Um, Norwich could beat Spurs, it's true. Um have you seen us this season against Norwich? Uh, yeah, that's true. We don't have a great track record with them this season. Um, really well, who do I want? Do I want an easy game or do I want a big fun? Do you, I want. I, I tell you what I want. I don't. I actually don't care who we draw, but I want it to be at home, right. and I want there to be you know forty eight thousand Newcastle fans in their best voice behind the team. That's what I want. Because after Saturday and the atmosphere being so flat, to get to a quarterfinal is huge. And I'd, I'd love a proper, like, everyone behind everyone behind the team. And the tickets are going to be cheaper. The tickets are going to be cheaper, you know. Like, it might draw in a few, like, different kinds of people who are, who are, who are there to have a good time. That's what I want. So we have a good club atmosphere, though, Paul's saying off, off mic, we are in a hotel room here, we don't have what <laughs> normal expensive recording equipment, do we have a good cup atmosphere? Um, going back a long time, I remember the atmospheres against Spurs and Chelsea in that cup run to Cardiff under Sunes, that the atmospheres were absolutely class uh, for those games. And yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, how do you compare Newcastle's home support on Saturday in terms of just how fucking quiet it was? To tonight, it's like two different football clubs, two different yeah football clubs. Yeah. Um, so, for myself, I asked this question on Twitter a little while ago, and, and I got like a lot of responses, and almost everyone was just like the easiest team, <laughs> the easiest team. You know what? You know it's we. I think what are we? Two games from Europe. <laughs> Scary that, isn't it? Oh, Scary. God. Uh, Bruce will be in a lot of trouble <laughs> if we qualify for Europe. How does Brexit work with that? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We should find out soon enough, though. And yeah, I think you know what, Charlotte. I think we'll we'll leave it there. I think you've just finished your gin. It's what it's nearly midnight in West Brom, and I've got to drive back in the morning. There's not loads more to say. Yeah, there's not loads more to say. We will be back on Sunday, of course. Uh, after Southampton, we have Norman and Chris at Southampton, but not Charlotte, who did have a ticket, but isn't going. I have a hair appointment. I'm really sorry. There's a hair appointment. Really needs a hair appointment. So, like, I do just want to say that I, I will be watching it somehow, if there's legal ways for me to do that. Um, but it's very, very difficult to get hair appointments for me. I just want to say that. Well, Chris and Norman have no such issues, and they'll be in the, they'll be in the away at St Mary's, and hopefully on Sunday, uh, me or one of the other northeast based lads will join them to talk through. Hopefully, four four two Brucey's Mags attacking performance with Almiron causing chaos once again. Thanks everyone for listening, and we really appreciate it. What a night there eh? through to the FA Cup quarterfinal. <laughs> Get in. See you later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, 
deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.